0: Welcome to the very latest edition of the Selby is Godcast, courtesy of The Athletic Cleveland. He's Zach Meisel. I'm TJ Zuppi. We're back at Progressive Field. We're post-trade deadline. The Indians have acted, uh, activated Andrew Miller from the disabled list today. We're finally into that stretch run of
1: August. We recorded a podcast two days ago, did we not?
0: It was It's somewhere in the back of my memory, Banks, yeah. Yeah, somewhere. Uh, unfortunately, you were at the time at Target Field, and what were they having a concert there mixed with a launch of a rocket mixed with uh, tornado sirens? There was a lot going on there that yeah. made that really difficult, and rather than post audio that was really, really crappy and really bad for
1: you guys at home to listen to, I opted to just scrap it. It, was, it was an just amazing podcast, just though, back. wasn't it? It was awesome. I don't know. I can't hear myself. We had a live band <laughs> play us in. We had, like, yes. all the good players on the Indians joined us. Uh, the, the national anthem was halfway through the podcast.
0: Uh, drowned me out completely. But we're back, and we're here to talk about all those same things again. But, I mean, we're into August now. This is... Birthday this is, month. This is what you've been waiting for, right? This is... You no. get past the deadline. I hate you get my birthday. A, you get a better sense of the I'm team... I'm so old. ...that they're going to send into October. You know, Terry Francona sits down today with his team and has the message that we want to be special. Not just good, we want to be special heading into October. So that they have that sense that this is largely what they're going to head into the postseason with. As I said, you get Andrew Miller back, so you're getting closer and closer to what you're actually going to see when you get to October. So just from a a media standpoint, even from a fan standpoint, isn't there some excitement there that you can finally start to sink your teeth into something that matters?
1: Well, this is an awkward time to uh, tell you that on Wednesday, when the trade deadline had passed, and Jordan Bashan and Paul Hoynes and myself were on the trip, kind of looked at each other and exhaled, and I said, it is going to be so nice to you know, things happen in September, you get the playoff roster set, you get the expanded roster so you see some kids play and you start positioning yourself for october and i said to them it's gonna be so nice having a month here of august where like nothing matters and nothing happens (laughs) so that just contradicts everything you said So you see nothing. I see next month that it's part of my reasoning was to watch to break down. So we might as well just
0: go home. I'm not gonna write. You're not gonna write. We're just gonna take a month off at the athletic. Yeah, that'd be fine. I have the vacation time. (laughs) uh, Hey, I and I have a baby at home. I'm supposed to be at home, but I'm here with you because I thought this was so important. No,
1: I think the reason I said that was because the trade deadline was chaotic this year, and and you know we're texting about. Bryce Harper and Andrew McCutcheon and, you know, the, obviously Leonis Martin and, and all these sorts of things that can happen. And why didn't they get Tommy Pham? Who, did he break his foot? I think he I broke. I, I, I think this came it. down today that maybe he broke his foot or Jordan Bash and was lying to me. I don't know. That's possible. So I think it, it, in comparison to the craziness that is trade season, August seems very tame. Um, but is, I, it, is it though? I mean, is it
0: going to be tame for them? I don't know.
1: I think it's going to be, I think the reason why Terry Francona held this, Im, not impromptu, but this just this quick uh, team meeting was because this is the team Tommy Pham has a fractured foot just into the Selvius Godcast. All right. So I, I, I think the reason was they have, their, they, didn't get they have their team and this is going to be, like they know who they are now. And we're going to start to see the pieces put in place for what this team would look like. Which brings me, this is a segue to a different topic. I don't know if you want to get into this yet, but I have a bone to pick with everybody about evaluating the regular season. Do you have anything to say? We do this every week. We do? This is your topic
0: every week. No, talk no. about We talked about this on Wednesday, but you couldn't season. hear me
1: because the tornado sound know, was That's
0: off. all we could hear was you. <laughs> it was you. A lot of you. In fact, I went back to edit it. I was trying. I was I, I did my damnedest because I thought there was some good material on there. I mean we're not gonna rehash everything we said about Leonis Martin and whether or not he fit, did he need to do more? I mean, we can break down some of that. But it was just a lot of you. It was having to me edit everything of I set out, and it was all just you. So I could have just posted your thoughts on the trade deadline, and everyone
1: probably would have enjoyed it. Well, do you want to talk about the trade deadline really quick? No, you have something you have to get off your okay. chest. So, so we all evaluate, and we, we just look at the standings, and we say, okay, the Indians, you know, they're, do we say there are four powers in the American League? The Yankees, Red Sox, Astros, and Indians. Oh, do you shitting, want to put the Athletics Mar- in the The Mariners are trash. I mean, they're... Have they been outscored? Is their run differential negative? D. Gordon or close to hurt his foot. He just rolled his ankle, so now they need Robinson Cano to
0: come back and play second base. Okay, that's fine. Haven't we seen this with the Mariners where they get off to a really good start?
1: You think, hey, they got something here, and then they fade in the second half. I don't know. I saw them go two and one in March. Like I don't. (laughs) I don't. And now you're gonna tell
0: me about? But this is my this is my
1: point though. Is that teams are always. Changing—it's everything is fluid, and so if you want to just say, "Well, the Yankees are eight games ahead of the Indians in the standings," so they're much better—that's that, a fallacy. Like the Indians have Brad Hand, Andrew Miller, Cody Allen now in the back end. Like their bullpen is a strength, but when you look at them and you evaluate them as a team, that's what are the fifty-eight and forty-seven or whatever they are—you're you're evaluating them as if they have a bad bullpen still, because that is a major reason why they're. Record is what it is. And so and I think it goes the other way, too. You know, some of, some of these teams or, or things have gone really well for the Indians that might not go well the rest of the year. Like, I know it's all we have to grasp onto. But when you think about the variance and the randomness in October, you can look pretty foolish by just saying, well, this team was much better in the regular season, so they're better overall. Like, teams change. Am I crazy? No, I think you're absolutely correct. That's why... The Red Sox are really freaking good. Yeah, of course. And the Astros are really good, too. All these teams are good. But I think the Indians get penalized because of a, a roster that won't be that roster when it matters, kind of held them back in April, May, and June. I mean, it would be the same thing if the Red Sox
0: today, like, uh, a massive piece for the Red Sox got hurt. You That, that would change your evaluation for the rest of the sure. season. And what but we don't do think about season. it the other way for some reason. And that's that's true. I mean, that's that's why you look at projections pre deadline, post deadline. You see who improved a lot. I know. Right. You uh, know, Saris wrote a little bit about this, and the Indians factored in, of course, in the bullpen where they went from like the eighth best unit projection wise to the fourth or something like that. You can read it over at the Athletic. But you see teams get better, and you're trying to figure out who made themselves better projection wise. And then you head into the playoffs with a different group. It's it, it makes it I don't know, it, it, it makes it difficult to sit here because we have to talk about something. We can't just ignore everything that happened at this point. Like it happened. It, it, it there's a reason why they are where they're at today. So it's more so just trying to find that balance between what we have seen already and what you what you still expect to see the rest of the way. And I think that's why for the rest of this month. And they're gonna be an opportunity where they probably still need to go out and address their outfield a little bit more. Maybe they even add another reliever heading into September. I think there are still some areas of this roster they can look to upgrade. But as you look at it today, they're better constructed now to go into the postseason. Right. Especially with the healthy or healthy Andrew Miller in place and we'll see what happens with Corey Kluber, whether or not he gets himself straightened out, same with, with Cody Allen too. But they're better positioned now based on the trades that they made than they would have been a month ago for sure. Even with Leonis Martin, who, you know, if you had your, your options, a contending team probably would like to have a little bit better option in center field. Sure. Didn't present themselves Especially so they, given so they the went right out.
1: field situation. Yeah.
0: Well they went out in and, and They give themselves a little bit more of a trusted option. A guy that, against right-handed pitching, I feel more comfortable about playing every day and knowing that I'm going to get something close to average more so than Greg Allen was. And and that's just a little bit more of a known commodity. So while it's not a big-time game-changing move, it's at least something that I feel like they're better having him in the mix than they were prior to, to them trading for Martín because he's just a little bit more of a known commodity. It's, it's nice to have some element of some known heading into a postseason that's full of almost completely all unknown because of the short sample sizes.
1: So do you want to make the point you made to me earlier this week? We made on the podcast. That what we'll point was that? Like, I don't know. I was found out. If, had they made the trades in reverse order think the fan base would be feeling a lot better about how the trade deadline went or and not just that because I I think you made that point I think it's valid point I know players some players agreed with that point Um, but also when when considering how things played out with the Bryce Harper rumors I feel like fans kind of set themselves up to be disappointed well that and I mean it sounds like from everything that we've
0: kind of heard and people within the athletic have reported and just based on some of our conversations, it sounds like they were legitimately in the mix there. and But it wasn't, it wasn't them yeah. that necessarily said, that price is too high. It was more so the conversations just stopped, and it sounds like it probably came from overhead in, in Washington that ownership decided, no, we're going to give this one last go. So there have been times where it, I, I think, like the Tommy Pham thing, let's look at this, and you can't say, oh, well, he got hurt. Well, you don't know if he's going to get hurt if he came over here. Freak type of injury. Tommy, Pham, I look at that move and I, I, I wonder why they didn't get involved there. Maybe their attentions were elsewhere, and if that's the case, it, it, I think that that stinks because Dude, think he, he broke he his
1: fit, foot. Get over it. He would have fit here tremendously. Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, so if you look at that and just say why didn't, why wasn't that more of a legitimate option? I think that's a fair criticism because I'm right there with you. But as far as the the Bryce Harper thing goes. I don't think it's a question of whether or not the front office wanted to swing for the fences here, so to speak. It sounded like they legitimately were trying to, and the stop sign got put up. So I, I, in that in that realm, I don't think this is a situation where the front office wasn't willing to go all in on a, a move to, to make them significantly better. It sounds like the biggest move that they could have made,
1: they were all about, and they got shut out of it. Well, we said from the beginning, I mean, the outfield market was not very good. Everyone was getting all hyped for Adam Jones, who's had a terrible year at the plate and in the field. Is Martine has what two wins above replacement? Better than yeah. Adam Jones this year? And so, like Tommy Pham, sure he would have been a nice fit. He would have been interesting, sign long or under control long term. Great. Other than that, what other outfielder got moved? Where you're like, man, the Indians really should have gotten him. Duvall yeah I, I, I like Adam Duvall. they didn't give, they gave up some weird but he's pieces. I mean he's going to Atlanta to be a platoon piece and also if the Indians acquired him I think a lot of the fan base would say really you got a guy who's yeah. hitting 204 he with is. a he's had a rough year so I, I I don't have a problem with what they did. Well the, the thing is, Zach exactly
0: all of the guys that were available before the deadline are still probably gonna be available outside of Bryce where I Harper. Was going, yeah. You can't go get Bryce Harper because he's not gonna pass through waivers.
1: I think Andrew McCutcheon will be in an Indian uh, I don't wanna say that. I, I could see him being in an Indians uniform. I
0: think that's a pretty solid fit. Would he pass through the entire National League unclaimed? That's the problem when you're dealing with waivers. Yeah. If you're talking about American League players, you get the first crack right. of all the contenders. But a National League player, it has to clear all the way through the National League, and then it comes down to you who would and claim you get the, the chance. Uh, the, Not the Dodgers. Don't the Dodgers need a seventh guy off their bench? Phillies, Braves. No, the Braves' outfield is set. Now, I don't know. I'm. I'm I think it's just a, a question of. It's, not, it's just not a foregone conclusion they would get through waivers, Sure, is my point. Sure.
1: But I, I just, I don't know. Do you feel confident with Melky Cabrera? And Bra- I feel confident with Geyer facing lefties. I don't know yes. if Melky Cabrera can I, last. I
0: felt much more comfortable with Tyler Naquin out there, but now Naquin is going to be out probably two months and probably is off the table yeah. for the rest of the year following hip surgery. I don't feel... I, I don't feel... With, with Naquin, even when he slumped offensively, I felt like he could be a plus outfielder, especially because of that, that weapon sure. of an arm that he has. And I would have taken my chances because I think he can be above average corner outfielder. With Melky, I I, I, you're already losing something defensively, so he's going to have to make up for that offensively. I don't know that I trust that. I, I don't know that I trust that. And based on his just career track record, kind of where he's at in his career, if we're talking about Melky Cabrera five years ago, he would fit this roster great. Right, but it's it, he's not that guy anymore. I think that's that's asking a lot to just believe that that's going to be okay. I am w- trying to fortify the roster any way I can in the final month.
1: I think one other thing we agree on, or August, I mean, the one did you say August? The one thing, like Yandi Diaz, has no path to the majors now. I I thought I thought they would add a right fielder. I thought they would cut ties with Melky or maybe even keep him off the bench somehow, I don't know. And I thought Yandi Diaz would be up here playing third and I thought Kipnis was going to go to center. And I think they thought that too. Do you like that scenario still better than what they're at now? Would you prefer to have a Brantley Kipnis Melky outfield would be Oh my god. Awful. But you would have Yanni Diaz in the lineup. Right. I don't know. I I think it's I think I slightly prefer what they have now. (laughs) It's I feel like you probably get to the same level in a
0: really weird way. You make up for the offense, you lose something defensively in center field,
1: you're still playing Melky in right field. Probably end up still somewhere close to the same same range. Yeah, Yandi needs to be on this team though, and I'm not ruling out. I mean, I would think he'd be here September 1st, and you could still fit him onto a playoff roster. You don't need 12 pitchers necessarily. You don't need, um, like there might be a spot for him. But I, I, the fact like he should be playing every day. He should. Yeah. I mean, this is what the fourth. Fourth consecutive podcast. Where we're going to sit here and, and talk like about. now. Are we going to go through this again next year too? Because Kipnis is still signed. Martinez still has another year. Brantley's gone, but like they don't want to play. They the refuse to play Diaz in the outfield. I don't know. This is not the Yadier Diaz fan club podcast, but <laughs> it's. <laughs> I, I, I mean, think he's good enough that he should be getting regular yeah. major league at bats for a team that needs
0: another offensive player somewhere in their lineup. They've got a guy down at AAA that absolutely could be helping them, and they're struggling with a place to fit him in. And it's, They've had an inefficient roster because, all year. Because you have somebody that can be helping, and they have not found a situation where they feel comfortable putting yeah. him in there, and I
1: think that's unfortunate. So how would you... Two things. Number one, I look at this pitching staff now. If Miller is fully healthy, ready to go, and he's himself, and I think... I don't know if there's another team that can match what they have. If you think about a short series, Kluber, Bauer, Carrasco, Clevenger, maybe in the rotation, maybe in the bullpen, and then how many relievers do you need? You got Simber to match up, you got Oliver Perez to match up, and then Miller, Hand, and yeah. and Cody Allen. That's just filthy. I mean, the Astros are right there because they have five really
0: good starters, and they're going to be able to put one for sure, maybe two in the bullpen. So they'll be right there in the same level as in the Indians, maybe even better. Maybe maybe they'll go into. position. I think there are
1: back. questions about their back end, though. No. Like, Roberto Osuna hasn't pitched in I have been looking at their back end that much, Zach, so tell us what's so non-favorable about it. Roberto Osuna has not pitched in months. <laughs> uh, they've had some other guys, like Joe Smith has been really inconsistent. Hector Rondon has been fine, but... Hi, guys. Jordan Bastion making an appearance and the door will slam because he's a jerk okay anyway how would you utilize all these relievers the indians now have wait no before you do that can you name all 22 relievers the indians have no no yeah no this is a fun game uh oliver drake one neil ramirez two oliver perez three cody allen four
0: uh Zach McAllister, Dan Otero, Five, six, Nick Goody. Seven. Uh Nick Goody, wow. Throwback. Uh Tyler Olson. Eight. Uh, did I say Andrew Miller? Nine. Could be Obvious. Uh
1: Adam Plutko. Ten. Uh this Dude, is, this d- is d- really, you're not even halfway there. I know. This is really difficult. Like, people you saw today in I the know. clubhouse.
0: This is really difficult. I feel like Leonis Martin forgetting that Neil Ramirez played on his <laughs> team. Um, I know. I can't do it. I can't do it. Okay.
1: Who did they trade for? What? I thought you, I thought you said outside of. Oh, no. I meant all 22. Oh,
0: oh okay. Okay.
1: Well, Simber and Hand, Yeah, 12.
0: I'm not going to do. keep doing this. This is too difficult. I don't even remember who I said already.
1: Okay, how about a couple starting pitchers who made some appearances? Carlos Carrasco. 13. Uh, Little Cowboy. Oh, yeah, Josh Talman. 14. Shout out. Uh, I can't do it. I don't think you said Cody Allen.
0: I did say Cody Allen. Uh, I'm pretty sure I rewind said the Cody tape. Allen. I'm pretty sure
1: I said Cody Allen. Evan Marshall. Yes. Ben Taylor. Uh, yeah, I would have completely forgot about Ben. Alexio Gondo. That was Whose thing. one appearance in his Indians' career will for some reason be the eighth and ninth inning of a close game at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> like what?
0: <laughs> that just uh, that shows you the situation they were in at the time.
1: Uh, Jeff Bellivo. got a save. I wrote about Jeff Bellavo. Unlikely hero. Who else are we forgetting? I told Matt Isle, yeah. That's nineteen, I think. You sure you said Cody
0: Allen? I'm pretty sure I said Cody Allen, man. I'm I'm almost positive. Let me pull. No, up I am here. completely
1: positive. I said Cody Allen. Twenty-two relievers. So what was your, so what was your question? I was going to ask how you would use Miller, Hand, and Allen. I think we already see. Aren't we already seeing a really good blueprint for this? Now today, Tito said that you might Brandon see, Geyer. Hello. Oh, Yeah. I Mark Zepchinsky. Yeah. And one other guy, George Kantos Ah, uh, yeah. Ground ball master.
0: All right, so we're already seeing a blueprint. Miller coming back is probably going to pitch in a few instances where you're going to shake or scratch your head because it, it might be trailing in a game. Or they just need to get him appearances. He needs repetitions now that he feels healthy. The only thing that's going to get him back to being Andrew Miller of old is pitching and pitching a lot. So, you're going to see him maybe in situations that you wouldn't typically see him in just because they need to get him work in these games and they don't want to put a scripted plan together because if there's one thing miller has demonstrated over the past 2 years is is he hates it, it being freaking scripted he hates that's why he didn't i think a lot a big part of why he didn't want to go down for the original uh rehab assignment back earlier in the year is because he hates rehab assignments because he thrives on being put into a situation where it's the eighth inning and the bases are loaded and he's got to get out of a jam. I think that's when he's at his best and he can kind of live off the the adrenaline of the moment.
1: Well, it's like you, you wrote. I mean, there's value in making a rehab assignment when you've been out for a while and he hasn't pitched for the Indians in two and a half months. Yeah, I mean, but he needed it. They treated it like a spring training. But it's basically. so different. I mean, he's, you know... Brad Hand doesn't know if he's going to pitch tonight. He doesn't know if, when he does pitch if it's going to be 3 nothing lead or if it's going to be a tie game in the 15th inning. And then Andrew Miller, it's like, okay, you're going to go pitch the fourth inning on Tuesday. You're going to be facing these 19-year-olds. You're going to be wearing a bright orange Browns uniform. <laughs> those were hideous. Did you see those?
0: I did, yeah. yeah.
1: He said they were really comfortable. That, that's, and
0: that's about the best thing he said about them. Yeah. But I think that's true, and it's why it is almost impossible to to take too much away um, from a rehab appearance. Because yeah, you're facing guys you don't know. You're working with catchers you don't know. You're sometimes you're driving to these things right before you you hop out of the car, put your uniform on, and go into the game. Sometimes relievers are starting the game, and some some of those guys I mean, that happens in Tampa Bay too. <laughs> yeah, but. As Sergio Romo said earlier this year, like he didn't know what to do when he started the game because the mound was, was pristine. He had never been on a mound that was not yeah. beat to hell.
1: Well, Dan Otero almost started a game in Detroit last weekend. Every when, time they almost Clevenger start Dan saying, Otero, he gets... Yeah. And He said he was just going to start warming up in the top of the first, in the bullpen, and then was going to jog in. Um, yeah,
0: you you have to treat it like a relief appearance. But anyways, yeah, it's, it's why you're looking at what he did at double A and single A and I mean, the fact that he's giving up runs, that's not great. You should be, I mean, just based on the fact that you're better than the hitters you're facing, you want to see them strike everybody out, it doesn't always happen that way. Most important thing is he feels healthy, and he has to get right with his mechanics, so he has to pitch a lot. So that's what what you know now. But we're talking about near the end of September and October, how do
1: you utilize That's all we've guys. been talking about. October, since, like, since last October. October. <laughs> I mean, legitimately, it feels like it's been the same conversation.
0: But now, I think I'm sure Terry Francona's excited because he's gotten to use utilize some of the pieces here and there the way that he wants to. But now you don't... And because because of what they've done with Cody Allen... Maybe this is because he needed to get into some different situations and needed to work out his mechanics. But I also feel like this this gives the gives Tito the perfect opportunity to now have not have to later answer questions why Cody Allen isn't pitching a ninth inning. Now you can utilize all three of these guys whenever the hell you want. Right. So
1: let's make this the, the clear best though. way that you can that you can think about using them. Because we get asked all the time, who's the closer? I don't think they have no one. one. No, they do and you don't need one that's okay. <laughs> like it depends on the situation. Who's gonna pitch the eighth, the ninth, part of the seventh, part of the eighth. These guys all have experience going multiple innings, they all have experience pitching back to back days. And, they all have and none of them
0: are pitching pitch. in roles. That's right. the greatest thing. You don't have to. You don't have to have a conversation with anybody anymore. They're all used to pitching right. in different sorts of roles. So nobody's going to complain. No one's going to find it, you know, offensive if they're asked to go pitch in the sixth inning. They don't care because they've been doing this now for you know for Allen and and Miller have been doing this now for a couple of years. But now even Brad Hand coming over here, even with San Diego, he wasn't necessarily always pitching just the ninth and that was it. He had some multi inning appearances uh, in San Diego too. So. You you have three guys there that you can just utilize however you want. And then on top of that, now you don't have to hesitate if it's the sixth inning and you've got a tough left-hander uh, up. In, in a normal situation, you would say, well, we can't waste some of our best lefties in this situation. We have to keep the starter in or we have to go with somebody else. Now you don't have to hesitate. You can just bring Oliver Perez out. If it's the fifth inning, bring him out. If it's the fifth inning and you got a righty-lefty-righty, righty, you can go Ramirez-Perez-Simber. I mean, you can... Match these guys up however you want because you have three guys looming at the back end that can, at at the very least, if everything goes right, give you three innings to shorten the game. And they've all proven they can go multi-innings. So out of those three, isn't it possible that you could get four innings or more in a playoff series? can For you, sure. Can't you do what you did in 2016 and pull your starter halfway through the fifth inning if they're coming up their third time through the order, and now you can bring in all these relievers because you feel like you can... You know managers talk about making sure you can reach to the end of the game. You can feel like that now based on the, the group that you have.
1: I mean Brad Hand, we've seen him pitch the seventh inning. the other day he got a five out save to close it out. like yeah, I, I love the way the potential. It's crazy. this bullpen, which was absolute dog shit in April, May, June, part of July, is now once they're healthy and gelling, like as good as any in baseball. Maybe the Yankees are better, but that's probably it, right? They didn't lose Jason Shreve, so keep that in mind. I saw Jonathan Holder got lit up last night. Holder. Barely know her.
0: I mean, it is, uh, I think it's exciting for, it, I think it should be exciting for fans. It certainly is exciting for Tito because he's been trying to piece this together very delicately this year, and that brings us to a different uh, topic that I wanted to discuss. You know, I know a lot of fans saw the news today with Miller being back, and that, of course, is reason enough to be excited. Some fans were excited because they DFA'd McAllister, who has now been here for, what, eight years? Yeah. Eight years. I think it's, and I, and I actually saw a little bit of this on Twitter. There's some reaction where it's like, oh, thank God, he stunk. I'm glad he's finally gone. I admit that we have a bias where we're around these people, so we don't have, you know, we're around players every day, so we, there isn't that disconnect that a fan has that looks at a player just like, he's a guy out there on my favorite team trying to go get outs. We have a little bit more of a, a sense on them being more human beings, because they are. And so for Zach McAllister, well, I understand the decision, and I think it was the right one. I think it was more important to keep Neil Ramirez who I has some control beyond this year and uh, has at least in a few instances pitched better than McAllister although their numbers are probably pretty similar I think they made the right move but still it, I, I, do you cringe at all when you see people happy to see other players or, or whatnot lose their jobs or is it just because they get compensated and they're out there making millions of dollars that it's weird that I feel that way
1: no, I mean I think there's there's different perspective here. I, th- I think fans, and I'm not, I don't want to just make a sweeping generalization, but I think for the most part, fans. It's, I think a lot of the people who might be celebrating that McAllister lost his job today, if they saw McAllister in person, would probably be very cordial, and I think one social media brings that out. Two, fans don't know these players like we do because we're around them every day. It's understandable. And so to them... I mean, that's not even to say we know Zach McAllister all that well. No, but I I think, like, I started in 2011 on this beat, and that was McAllister's first year. So I'm thinking, like, all right, if I lost my job today, like, eight years is a long time to be with one organization, to be doing one thing, one job. McAllister was awful this year. Like, I'm amazed he made it to August. It sucks for him that he was trying to find a way to pitch better for the first four months of the season and now won't get to enjoy the two months that are really fun in the pennant chase and then october right and then he would probably be pitching in roles that were better suited
0: for him as opposed to pitching in high leverage spots because that's what they had to do when nobody was getting out to the back end of games what mcallister excelled at and there were times where he excelled here i'm i think if you actually look down at the numbers you'd be surprised maybe not you but i just mean in general no, there I'd be stretch- surprised. <laughs> there were stretches where he actually was a pretty decent reliever. No, I'm not saying somebody you want pitch the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning in a close situation. But everybody or every team needs those guys that takes those middle innings and kind of keeps it where it is, gives you some insurance because he can pitch multiple innings. There were there was a time, and not this year because you said he was bad and the numbers bear that out. But there was a time when he was as a middle reliever was perfectly fine, and he was probably. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if people would really get this excited about it. Probably a top 100 reliever in the game. It's not as if he had no value at all to this organization for
1: eight years. But this was the right move. And and if you look at the scope of the bullpen now, I mean, Dan Otero, has you'd be shocked to hear this, he's been dominant against righties this year. He really has. Um, And he's signed super cheap the next couple years. And when you know you're losing Allen and Miller, probably, it's good to have something there. Something cheap there, too, because maybe they can go spend on a reliever this winter. No. Um, so you have Hand, you have Simber, you have Otero, you have Neil Ramirez, I would think, if he survives and, and keeps pitching okay, because he's got a couple years of control and that probably was one of the separators in, in why he's still here and McAllister's not. So I think you look at the bullpen, everyone, everyone has a role, everyone has something that they're good at that they can do, and, and McAllister this year just Lefties and righties both torched him.
0: Yeah. I I also I agree with you. It was the right move. He was the of of all of the guys that could have been candidates. He was the
1: most. Uh, He's going to be a free agent too. I mean, they're basically just cutting the cord two months earlier. Right. Right. It made the most sense to to cut ties with him. But I think it is.
0: I think it's difficult for the organization. Certainly difficult for him. When you're here, when you're around that long, I mean, eight years to be here for that long, being a part of this organization here and, and going through some really good times in 2016 and 2017, I'm sure that was not an easy conversation, despite whatever you think when you just look at the numbers, that I'm sure was, was tough on all sides to, to make that decision.
1: You got a random Indian for me? I do. Did you look? I did not, I swear. I
0: mean, if you did alphabetically, you can see... On the back. Not looking. All right. So I pulled out the 2006
1: season summary. All right. So 2006. Yeah. Uh, so 05 was the year they won 93 games, choked in the last week, and Sizemore dropped the ball in the yes. sun, and Ozzie Guillen made the choke sign. Yes. You know, I have a story about my good friend, um, in Ozzie Gian. In what year would it have been? Like 06, 07, 08, I think. Those years around, my buddy, his family had tickets right behind the visitors dugout. And we went to, like, 20 games a summer and used these seats. And so my buddy likes to uh, instigate, kind of press people's buttons. And Ozzy Guillen... You're going to tell me that that he turned around and gave the choke sign to him. No, it wasn't the choke sign. I'm, he, It was the choke sign. I, I'm trying to remember if this was before 05 or after. I want to say it was after, because we had to be old enough to drive downtown. So my buddy was wearing a, a 97 World Series shirt, Marlins Indians, and, and my buddy was heckling Ozzie Guillen all night. Ozzie Guillen comes back from making a pitching change, points at his shirt, and makes the choking sign. And then... <laughs> My buddy says something else that was probably inappropriate. And Ozzy Gian made like the symbol you make <laughs> where his fist is near his face and his mouth protrudes in one sign if you, you're picking up what I'm putting down. And said something about my buddy's mom. Oh um, boy. So I, I don't remember the exact details and I don't want to get anyone in trouble. So I will. Sounds like your buddy kind of had it coming. Try to. <laughs> be vague about this, but they got into it. It So was, the
0: 2006 uh, season.
1: Yeah, I don't really
0: remember the 2006 season. Uh, there were big expectations. They ended up coming short. Uh, coming up short. Uh, so the random Indian was selected in the 8th round of the 2000 first year player draft by the Cleveland Indians.
1: That could be anybody. It could be. It could even be a boat. <laughs> you know how much he wanted one of those. Uh,
0: at the time of this season, he was 28 years old. He was an infielder and he was from California, Citrus Heights, California. And by the end of the season, he had only accumulated 104 days in the major leagues. So that tells you that he had just been promoted that year, 06 in 06. In 64 games, this infielder batted 284. I would tell you about his on-base percentage or slugging. But neither of those things are included here in the 2006 media guide. Oh, I'll look strides. up, I can look up pitcher wins. Uh, he hit 284, two home runs, 21 RBI, zzz, and made four errors, this infielder, playing 64 games, 201 at bats. Any ideas as of yet? He played his college ball at Nevada, Reno. He was an all American big west conference during his senior season. Which side of the infield? The right side of the infield.
1: Michael. No, 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 no. Not Michael Aubrey. Michael no. Aubrey was a first rounder. No. The right side of the infield? The right side of the infield. A rookie who played first or second base? Correct.
0: And he got 64 games that year, hitting 284. Not a bad job. Garko? It was not Ryan Garko. Remember, only two home runs, twenty-one RBIs, five stolen bases. So this should tell you he's a little bit more of a fast guy. So that would tell you that he's Hector Luna playing second base. It is not ah. Hector Luna.
1: All right, what do else? Do you give he up?
0: No. I'm trying to find any more cool things in here. There's, I can't
1: find any. Did he do anything like have a good game or? Uh, he had uh, four. Three hit games. I That season, like, what did they do? I don't even, were they 80 and 82 or something? 82 and 80? I'm going have to go back and look. But he had four three hit games. Okay. Like, that's pretty decent for a rookie to have that. How many games did he play in his Indians career? Uh, 64 games. Oh, that was it? That was it. Oh, jeez. How did they, did they trade him?
0: I believe they did. I don't remember who they traded him for because I'm looking at the 2006 guide. He hadn't been traded yet. Uh, i got to get They this. traded the guy over here on the other side of the page, Kevin Kuzmanoff, for his replacement at second base. Wait, they traded, what? They traded Kevin Kuzmanoff, who's on the other side of the page here. They traded Kevin Kuzmanoff To the Padres for his replacement at second base. Josh Barfield. Right, they traded for Barfield. They repart- Barfield, Barfield replaced, replaced
1: this person. This man, yes. Huh. I do know that this this man went on to play with Toronto. Ding. I, for some reason, I like don't remember anything about 2006. Left-handed hitter. Uh, Anderson Hernandez. <laughs> it was not Anderson. Do you give up? I mean, no. have gone for like five minutes. No. <laughs> I will sit here. We will have ten minutes of dead air until I get this. He had a six-game hitting streak from September 20th to 25th. Kuzmanov hit a grand slam on his first pitch he you ever did. saw, right? He did, in Texas. And you said this is alphabetical order? <laughs> it is, So his yeah. last name might start with a K or a L or a J or a...
0: Yeah, any of those in the alphabet. It's That's... not Hector Luna? It's not Hector Luna. You sure?
1: You check
0: again? I am again? 100% sure. All right, who is it? You sure you want to know? 5'10", 180 pounds. Okay, hold on. Hailing from Citrus Heights, California.
1: Please welcome to the stage... Who is it? Joe English. Joe England Ah! They had a lot. I mean, we've talked about. I think it was like 43 different people started at second base between Roberto Elmar and Jason Kipnis. What about Juan Lara? Oh, didn't he? He had like a. He got in a bad car accident or something. Yeah. I don't remember that. that this was a weird around? year. This was. This was the year Fausto Carmona Brown. Fausto Carmona was the closer for a week. Blew four saves. Big Poppy got him once, I remember. That was a weird year. Alright, I failed. Joe Inglet. Good one. Any parting words? No. Or...
0: Okay, that that's great. Well we just wasted eight minutes on that, so I hope everyone enjoyed the eight minutes of Joe Inglet. Now you can sit around the cooler and talk about how you learned on about that and the Selby's I podcast. always get him
1: confused with Jamie Carroll. I mean, one
0: hit right-handed, the other one hit left-handed. Did they both play with the Blue Jays at one point? I know Carroll came from the Rockies. Anyways, you can subscribe to the podcast. Why would you, you want We will have more of this at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean. Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, and Anchor and... Like a thousand other different places. So if you search the Selby is Godcast, or you find us on Twitter at TJZoopy at Zach Meisel, we will point you in the right direction. Till next
1: week. Anything else? See ya, Cleveland. See ya. All right. We're out of here. Bye.